All right, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina, and I love following the journey of other young entrepreneurs. And in this episode, I spoke with Justine Lambert, the CEO and founder of Brains With Benefits, a community of entrepreneurs brought together to solve the problem of entrepreneur loneliness, a big problem that I think everyone's kind of experienced, especially during lockdown, uh, where we can't sort of see each other. And so it's, a, it's an amazing episode, and we cover the issue of solo entrepreneurship and the, lo- the loneliness around that, and how it impacts people on a daily basis, going into how it's impacted me personally, and Justine, of course, where it's, it's killed one of her previous businesses, and also how she built a group of clients around her within the last 11 months where she has managed an above 70% conversion rate of trialists to, to paying clients. It's quite astounding. And also, of course, the strategies behind how you can as well build a community and monetize, of course, uh, people within a similar niche to you. So yeah, really, really helpful and valuable insight there. Amazing episode. Like I really, I really enjoy talking to Justine. It's a different sort of episode as well because it's not like a physical product, of course. Like we've done quite a lot of few food uh, episodes in the last few episodes. So um, yeah, it's good to. This is a sort of different sort of business. So I really, I really liked it. Um, so that brings me to this week's shout out. So in case you don't know, every week I'm giving a shout out to someone who's left a written review on Apple Podcasts as a way of saying thank you because. Uh, yeah, I've been doing this for almost a year now and the support's been absolutely incredible, so I can't thank you enough. And so this shout-out goes to General Lee, who says, Another great show. Well done, Sina. The interview with Tina Chen was really insightful. Tina showed what can be done if you get yourself out there and are prepared to take the knocks. Sina's style really lets the guests share their experiences with the listener while keeping the discussion heading in the right direction through his questioning. Thank you so much for, for that review. It's really nice that you enjoyed that episode with Tina. Um, episode number 48 or 47. I can't remember the top of my head, but it's one of the very recent ones. So if you just scroll down after this episode, you can definitely find it if you haven't listened to it already. And yeah, if you, like Lee, want to feature in the next episode in the form of a shout out, be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode, I promise. Um, quick disclaimer before you listen to this episode. Uh, usually this is the point where I shut up. But, you know, I've been doing this for a year. I know of it. Like, the sound quality is something that you've been used to where it's very good. Uh, However, I kind of let my guard down a little bit and I actually selected the wrong input for this episode. I know, really dumb of me. Um, So the sound quality is not as good as it should be on my end. On Justine's end, it's perfect. So it's probably for the best that I didn't end up talking this much during this episode. Um, She had a lot of value to give. So it didn't actually require me to talk too much. Yeah, apologies for that. I'll definitely, you know, not not do this in the future. But yeah, I'm sure you'll enjoy the episode anyway, because it's mainly just Justine talking. So it's all good. (laughs) So yeah, let's jump into the episode. Hey Justine, how are you? Hey Sina, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Really, really good. I've had an amazing day and it's it's really sunny outside. So after this podcast, I want to go for a walk. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> I've been inside all day. Yeah, I hear you. I wish I could do the same, but it's the lockdown in Paris. And after seven, you have to stay inside. So you will have to walk for two people. <laughs> we, had a, we had a nice phone call like a couple of weeks ago. I really learned about what you're doing with brains and benefits, brains with, with benefits, um, and yeah, it's just it's really cool to have you on the podcast to talk about the whole journey of like how you built a community, how you like you monetize the community because I think a lot of people listening we haven't this is a this is quite a niche topic we haven't talked about this before at all. Uh, we've talked about you know many different podcast uh, many different entrepreneurs and different backgrounds, but this is something that is a bit more niche, 
And yeah, I'd love to explore it more. I think I think it's something that a lot of people find a lot of value from. Thanks for inviting me, Sina. I'm super happy to be here and to answer your questions. So fire away. So I think let's just like start with, I guess, a bit of background about like what is Brains of Benefits and what like why did you set it up? Like what, what are you aiming to do with it? Yeah. So Brains with Benefits is my second business. Um, I used to have a business in event communication, but basically the entrepreneur loneliness I felt actually killed my first business, but also totally inspired my current business, which is named Brains with Benefits. So I launched it in the middle of the first lockdown in France, which was May 2020. Um, it was a little after the beginning of the lockdown, but anyway, <laughs> um, so pretty much 11 months ago. And what I'm aiming to do is to kill the entrepreneur loneliness by uniting complementary brains, because I suffered from that loneliness, as I was telling you. And the issue isn't that um, the entrepreneurs and the freelancers are running their business alone, it's that they actually feel alone running their business because they don't know who to ask their business questions to and they don't know who they can share their business challenges with. And that's what I'm um, hopefully answering <laughs> since the past 11 months. Yeah, I think I think it's really important because like obviously the pandemic's come about, but also like way before that, like loneliness against like entre the entrepreneurship journey it's 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 a very important thing that's not addressed enough because like i guess the glamorous sides of entrepreneurship are very much highlighted so the the stuff around i guess like raising money or employing people or growth or you know winning awards newspapers whatever but the the whole like i guess ongoing day-to-day -day journey of different problems and addressing those problems often you know with with solo founders especially with a team of one so just yourself like yeah. it's it is become it does become a very difficult process so when you say you know it killed your first business like i i can definitely understand that but i guess for people listening like how how did that whole process happen so to give you like a little bit additional background so i used to be in advertising uh, mainly in new york a little bit in paris before that i was an account planner so telling brands what to say on what channels in order to reach their target. So I was doing that for seven years and I was used to brainstorm every day, saying hello to coworkers every day and things I would take for granted just, you know, having been an, just because I was like an employee my whole life. And then I decided I wanted to have my own journey and to launch my business. So I moved back to France and I was working at the time on my first business, which was, again, event communication. And I was in my living room by myself. And I was like, uh oh, I am not used to think this way. Uh, I feel super lonely. I feel not, I don't feel inspired, actually. Um, I didn't know who I could share my questions with. And I was saying, well, okay, I want to brainstorm, but brainstorming by yourself is actually called thinking and it's not even brainstorming. So I was missing that connection. I was missing that counterpart to, to like uh, bounce ideas off with and all of that. And that's when I realized that I was an extrovert, that I had a very circular energy and that I really needed to be surrounded with people. 
Um, and that's literally the only thing that I'm missing from advertising is just to have coworkers and to have other brains <laughs> I can um, share ideas with. And that's what started my um, will to gather other entrepreneurs and to get them to think about business topics together as a group versus being isolated in their own living room or, I don't know, office if they have one. So that's really, it, it originated uh, because of a personal need, but I didn't want to start a business only for myself. So then I did some market studies to make sure I wasn't the only one feeling alone in that journey. But yeah, basically it really came from a, an issue I, I suffered from um, moving back to France and starting my entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey. But when you when you say, uh, by the way, I think the solo founder like problems that you face, especially like loneliness. I know a lot of like I guess accelerator programs or uh, investors that will just not you know go after solo founders because this is such a big problem. Like they won't, they don't think people are resilient enough, or there's other reasons associated with it, but. They, they feel like having a team around you does elevate everyone. It, it, you know, it's the, the whole one plus one equals three thing. Like, yep. it, 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 that's why a lot, of, a lot of these places don't accept solo founders. So that's why, like, this is such a, you know, it's such an important issue that's not spoken about enough that, that, that really needs to be addressed. So when you spoke about, I guess, loneliness killed or like entrepreneurship, entrepreneurial loneliness killed your first business. What did you mean by like, what, 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 what happened there? Well, I found out that um, I didn't have a lot of energy <laughs> in between my events. And whenever I would be surrounded with other entrepreneurs, my energy levels would be back to up, which is a little weird when you think of it. But really, my body was sending me like a big uh, signal. And... Yeah, like I would always like try to like, you know, make friends with other entrepreneurs and like get them to think about their business and maybe my business just to get that, you know, collective intelligence um, feeling just because it's literally what I had in my bottle in advertising for seven years. We, we, ju we just brainstorm, you know, all departments being together, like I was an account planner and I would always like you know, work really closely with creative people and like account people and all of that. And in between my events, being a solo entrepreneur at the time, I would just feel, you know, not inspired. And I, you have to be your own energy when you're a solopreneur and like a solopreneur and you have to like always be on a hundred percent of the time. And unless you're superhuman or God, it is, you know, like close to be impossible. So... I was thinking I was on the right road with entrepreneurship, yet I wasn't driving the right car. And I really wanted to help people. I was like really close to, you know, go back to school to become a psychologist because I really wanted to help others. And I would see around me other entrepreneurs, you know, like having ups and downs and mainly downs and not really finding, um, I don't know, the motivation to keep their projects, you know, like really strong and alive. And I saw so many project owners, you know, just being like discouraged and wanting to stop. And especially now in the middle of a pandemic, whenever I see a business that is closed, like a restaurant or 
a store, like it really gets me sad because I know how much work that person put into that for basically nothing. And my, my why, <laughs> my mission is almost to make sure entrepreneurs don't feel discouraged because they feel alone or lonely facing their challenges because they can be helped and they can be motivated by others because I think human beings human beings are just made to be with other humans. Um, I keep saying that it's actually um, a mantra I wrote at the beginning of Brains. I keep saying that uh, human beings are uh, social animals, so are entrepreneurs. Like I think entrepreneurs need to be surrounded, they need to be stimulated, and um, I don't think that I don't know, being a solopreneur is like good for you if you don't meet others that will share similar topics and issues. Like we need to be social, social animals. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Like I had a similar process when I started my my first business while at university. Like I I think I was kind of like <laughs> I think it's a bit, bit of a control freak. I was like before where I like, I wanted to have control of my everything and I didn't want to delegate, delegate anything. Whereas now it's very much the opposite. Like I try to delegate, delegate as much yeah. as I can. But like back in the day, that's why I was like a solo founder because that's the reason. But then, you know, you face the, the prospect of, you know, having to face problems on your own. You have to face the prospect of like, I guess, thinking by yourself and, and really facing tunnel vision because you can't really take external I guess feedback other like you have to explain it to someone like from the start right that you just you kind of have someone who's been there the, the whole time to give you feedback which is like really valuable for, yeah. for a team member so I completely get that and I think that's such a important thing especially during like COVID where people can't like solo entrepreneurs can't even meet other other solo entrepreneurs or like, and it's just like a really, you know, big problem now I feel. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'd love to get onto the topic of like, when you, when you thought this idea of like trying to build a community, um, obviously I, this was a year ago, right? That you first started yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like a year ago, yeah, it just started, the pandemic just started. So I think like how you said you did some like market research and you sent like a few surveys around or something like that so i guess what were the first initial steps of i guess the ambition of setting up setting up a community of other like-minded entrepreneurs like what was the sort of like process in doing that yeah so so it like basically i think i did things wrong with my first business and i really wanted to learn from my mistakes so my first business was I worked on it for so long by myself, never being, you know, challenged by others. And I feel I really created my first business, which was event to make myself happy. And I was like, and I'm not going to do that mistake with my second business. So really, I wanted to do a market study to make sure, you know, I wouldn't create something that would just make one person happy, one person being myself. Because again, I don't think you should create something only for yourself. Um, so what I did was uh, I wanted to, you know, interview other solopreneurs um, to ask them how they felt and if, you know, they also felt lonely and if they knew who they can ask their business questions to whenever these questions are out of their zones of expertise. So I interviewed 20 people 
uh, an hour each and, you know, just like understood my target as much as I could. And again, I come from like account planning. So like, you know, talking to consumer was like really in my veins, um, really interviewed them. And I had all the confirmation I wanted. People felt lonely. People felt unsure about where to ask their business questions to. Like if you ask these questions on the internet, you never know A, if it's going to be answered, B, the quality of the answer, which is really important. And I mean, you're building a business. You want to make sure that whatever answer you're going to use will be valuable and like solid and like good ones. So after I interviewed these people, I reached out to them again and I said, okay, I'm going to build like a pilot program. Like it will be one month, it will be free. And I'm just going to test a concept. If you don't like it, you'll never hear from me again. And if you like it at the end, I will offer you, uh, you know, like a subscription. And at this moment, you will have to pay for it again, if you like it. So out of the 20 people I interviewed in my survey, 17 said yes for the test. And after that test, which I will talk to you about, 14 became my first clients. So it was like a 70%, 70, yeah, 70% conversion rate, which was pretty encouraging, encouraging. Um, and they all came from my consumer study, which in a way was some form of pre-sale because by asking them the question, I slowly like made them understand what I was going to build. So to give you more color about uh, or more detail about uh, the test that I put together, basically what I'm selling is brainstorming sessions, but that are, um, how can I say that? Organized within tailored working groups. So I am interviewing entrepreneurs to make sure I understand their business and their strengths and their points of improvements in terms of both skills and um and mindsets and i am offering them like a group of entrepreneur that will you know uh have complementary skills so basically uh your strengths will help some other people uh points of improvement and vice versa so it's i'm like an entrepreneur matchmaker um and i'm also like a, a brainstorming session facilitator so i did that for a month so i first i met with everyone and then i was like okay i can organize two working groups based on how complementary skills are and how similar their mindsets are so i like put these two groups together at the time i would facilitate brainstorming sessions for each every week which is now impossible because I have more groups, but at the time it was every week. And some chemistry started to build within the groups and they felt, you know, confident because they knew each other and they wouldn't have to say again, like, this is my business, this is what I'm doing. They just like knew the dynamic and they knew the people. Uh, so I did that for a month. And then the 17 people in the test, 14 became my first clients on June 1st, which was exactly one month after I launched. So I was able to monetize within the first month, which was again, a good proof of concept. And it gave me motivation to keep what I am doing, to keep doing what I'm doing. And right now we're at 105 brainstorming session. So I 
covered a variety of topics, I would say. Yeah. So 105 since you started a year ago. 11 months ago, yes, pretty much a year. Mm-hmm. 11 months. But I think that's so crazy. And I'd love, to, I'd love to break down, like, I guess, each step because I know a lot of people listening, like building a community is like a really difficult thing, right? Like with anywhere, because with, you know, whatever business that you build, you're going to have to build a community. But with a lot of people, like you could build a community around, I mean, you build a community around entrepreneurs, but for, for other people, they could, they could build a community around anything else, right? Like people who are interested in, like anything, right? Like even podcasting, there's a big, a big community around that. Yep. So like, firstly, I'd, I'd love to, I guess, break down a little bit the process of starting and how you kind of like your, uh, the market research side of things. And I'd love to find out how you went from 17 trialists to 14 people that, that started like that, that conversion rate is, is crazy high. So I had the idea of the business way before the crisis. So I had the idea of the business probably like, let's say December 2020. Wait, no, wait, December 2019. Sorry, I'm terrible with dates. Um, I knew I wanted to help people. I knew I wanted to make sure businesses wouldn't die. And I had that idea, but I didn't know how to bring it to life. So basically what I was doing is I was just like hang out with other entrepreneurs and like everyone was working on their projects and I would gather them because I think I'm like, I like organizing things and I like making sure people have um, the answers to their questions. I don't know. That's just who I am as a person in general in life. Uh, so for the market study is I knew already who I could ask my questions to because I had identified, how can I say that? I'm pretty much my own target, right? I was an entrepreneur, a solo entrepreneur who suffered from loneliness and I had met on my journey, like other entrepreneurs like me, who I so felt discouraged at times and like uninspired at others. And I was like, okay, I know exactly who I can ask my questions to. I'm like basically hanging out with these people. So I told them, like where I was coming from and what I wanted to do. And I asked them for like an hour of their time. And I think because I kept telling them like my story and why I wanted to do things, they really wanted to help. So like convincing them of answering my question for an hour was like really no big deal. And then the fact that I kept telling them like, you know, it will be a test. Like, I feel like I'm assuming the personal um, storytelling really helped because they saw me struggling with business number one. They saw me like struggling with like coming up with an idea that that could become business number two. And all of that, I think, I don't know. I think they got weirdly attached to the story <laughs> because it was a story. Like, it's not like it came up with some bullshit story of like, you know, I felt really lonely, blah, blah, blah. It actually, true. They saw me struggling and they saw... I mean, I was really close to go back to like being an employee and like having these coworkers because I was like, I can either create why what I have identified as an issue, like create an answer for that issue, or I can simply go back to, you know, being an employee. And I had been offered at the time uh, a PR position within Happen, which is a French dating app. Um, so I was like, okay, it's either I go back to being an employee and this job really looked like, you know, exciting and fun, or I can come up with an answer that I would 
really enjoy myself because I know how hard it is. And I feel like entrepreneurs are, entrepreneurship is already hard in itself. You don't need to feel like alone on top of that. Like you need to feel like and supported and part of like a network that will, you know, like support you if you need. And really the way I'm recruiting people like my clients is they have to be good at specific skills, but they really have to have that right mindset, which is wanting to help others as much as you would want to be helped and making sure other businesses will develop as much as your very own business will be developed bit developed so it's having that um how can i say that kind mindset <laughs> seriously there is no other word to say that because solidarity is important and i've seen like amazing examples within my community of solidarity and we're connected to each other on circle which is like a more visual version of slack i don't know if you know it and every day i have examples of like entrepreneurs like lending hands to others and doing some skill sharing and if one of us has an issue like so many others will say like well I know this person I can help you with that or let me spend an hour helping you on that so yeah it's so nice and especially in that you know crazy environment and context we always right now it's it's just nice to see that you're not alone even though you're which which was what I was telling you before like I don't want an I don't want a business partner. I'm super happy owning my you know being a solopreneur and like um owning my business on my own. Yet that doesn't mean I want to be by myself facing every tough decision I will have to make. These are totally different things. Um, so it's like having eight business partners once every two weeks during the brainstorm brainstorming sessions, and then it's like having 55 business partners. <laughs> every day when you get connected on circle and they're all talented at skills you may not be talented at and that's how people have been you know selected and recruited because 55 people is not a huge number for a community it's actually pretty selective uh, i like to say that i'm an exclusive community because i really choose the clients that will have great skills to share and again that mindset i am specifically looking for it seems like Justine's journey and everything around sort of how she built this business and how she built this community was based around one thing that I feel like was really key in the whole journey and that is based around her own journey. It's all personal. And when she kind of brought that experience with her within, you know, that's, this is the value I can give you because, you know, I've actually experienced it myself. I feel like that really, you know, empowered her proposition to her clients. And of course, you know, from there, when she had people on board, she really listened to them and, and sort of built the proposition around them. And it's not surprising to me that of the people that trialed it, you know, only I think three or four didn't decide to carry on as a paid customer, as a paid client. So it was really interesting talking to her about that. So I really wanted to kind of, you know, as, as a sum up, I really wanted to kind of ask her around you know how the whole process of kind of listening to clients and iterating in in the whole community aspect yeah i think you know as a marketer i always you know uh in advertising i would recommend my clients like ask your consumer be close to what they're saying consumer is king all of that and of course when i launched my first business i did everything but that because what else would i do and I was like, no, I'm going, you know, like I focus so much on having the most perfect 
iteration of my idea and having the most perfect way of explaining it. And I was doing event communication. The first need, the first thing you need to do when you do events is like actually running an event and <laughs> learning from your mistake and, you know, like doing things and asking people what they want. So really I was like, okay, I like killed one business, you know, focusing too much on what I wanted to do and how I wanted to bring it to life. And I was like, I'm going to do exactly the opposite with my second business. And I was like, if I need to spend 50 hours asking people questions about what they want, this is what I'm going to do. And what I've been doing since 11 months is like, I keep, you know, asking my clients what they want. Like they change the format of what I'm doing because a brainstorming session used to be two hours. And for some groups, it was really short and they felt rushed with time and they told me, so I extended the time. So now it's two hours and 15 minutes. Or um, initially I wanted to have close to 10 clients within one working group and they told me eight or nine was the perfect amount and I listened to them. So like, it feels like I'm saying things that everyone knows, like listen to your client, but really like listen to your clients, like (laughs) they have the answer and they're the one who, you know, will get your business to go to the next step. Um, I heard a quote the other day from one of my entrepreneurs who got inspired by, I forgot who, but she said like, usually your clients know the next product you're about, you're about to launch because they're so, um, they're the users, they know what they need. So there will be the right one being able to identify what, what's the next thing you should come up with. What's the next thing you should, you know, put on the market. Um, but I feel like I didn't fully tell you about the experience. So basically the brainstorming sessions are um, two hours and 15. They are for a total of max nine people in a group so that they can share their business challenge at least two times every three months. So my subscriptions are three months, six months or 12 months. And with the size of the group, even though, even if they are in the, in a three month subscription program, they are, uh, ensured to have their business challenge, um, to be worked on at least two times. So I'm like asking them questions before the session and I know exactly which entrepreneurs will share their challenges. And then we're going to work an hour on each of their challenges. So they feel like they have the right amount of help um, and that, you know, because they want to help others, but obviously they want to be helped. I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) So they take turns and within the group um, in which I usually have eight or nine people in a three months time period there, they get their answers at least twice. And then because they are all connected to each other on circle, if they have additional questions and maybe more, you know, like pragmatic question and less like um, strategic questions, they have 55 entrepreneurs they can ask questions to from, I don't know, what's the right way of like, you know, welcoming people on your Instagram page to um, what do you think of the price of that um, service to how do you record something that I publish on social media? Like it goes from very technical question to like a little bit more like, you know, marketing questions and stuff like that. And all the big topics, the topics you need to, you know, like think more deeply on for like at least an hour, these are saved for the brainstorming session. So it's still the same amount of help. It just depends on the nature of the question. And then 
they're pretty good at knowing what question is good for um, brainstorming session versus what question is you know perfect for a circle, which is the collaborative platform we use. I'd love for the for the last like uh, like few minutes or so. I'd love to kind of like because building a group and then like monetizing the group is I guess the that's like a big challenge in itself as well as monetizing the group because I've seen a lot of groups being made uh, everywhere really like but then monetizing is like another big challenge where a lot of, that's like a big hurdle that a lot of people have to have to you know they want to they want to go over so I guess like for you was that kind of always on your horizon was that always in your thought process and like what's the stage now and like have yeah what how do you kind of implement it um so it was always part of my plan just because I'm not doing anything else <laughs> so I had to be able to you know make money out of it and so because they were basically when I have new clients they're able to do one session for free as like a test they see the amount of support they're getting and the quality of the answers they're getting again because of that specific recruitment so after that session that is a hundred percent free they're willing to pay for it because they saw what they could get out of it. Uh, but it was always on my mind. I, because I was like, I felt like, you know, reassured there was a need for it. Again, it came from my customers, from my market study. It came from my one month test. And yeah, I knew, I knew I, I could ask money for it because people were happy. I would, I always got really good reviews and um and i spent you know 14 hours a day working on it so i was like i would hopefully uh make a living out of it so it's still not a hundred person there i'm getting there and it's like developing as a concept but i've been able to pay my insurance since october and myself <laughs> with a little bit of money since january so it's it's getting there and I'm being patient, but yeah, it, it was always part of the plan. And I've never had, you know, issue with people telling me like, well, I could find that for free somewhere else because basically it's hard to find it for free. You need, you know, someone to facilitate the brainstorming session and someone to organize the meetings in between the members. And, and it takes time for the community to have its own rituals and, and, and to get things working, it is a lot of work. That's like a lot of time. To work. It's like work, work, work. But they they see the work. They get, you know, after the brainstorming session, they get the recording with the answers they got uh, provided with. And they get like a recap with all the notes. And then they, they see the value, the added value. And yeah, every, I mean... As part as you answer a need, people are willing to pay for it. And I think that's that's the case for brains. Yeah, of course. Like you, if I'm answering I mean, your question. But. No, yeah, no, yeah, you did, yeah. So there's, there's, there's a lot of work behind it, I know for, for sure. And the, the value that you're delivering is kind of like, well, it's above like market value, right? So you're entitled to charge for it. And like, yeah, you put a lot of work behind it. So of course, the value there is, yeah, it's, it's massive so yeah for sure um but yeah I, I i'd love to talk to you longer justine but like yeah we have to wrap up the podcast there um but yeah it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you uh yeah i'd love to find out more about brains and benefits in the future 
Um, so maybe maybe a part two is on the cards. Who knows? But like, how can people stay in touch with you and stay in touch with Brains and Benefits in the meantime? So first, thanks so much, Sina. It went so fast. Like I seriously felt like we started talking like a minute ago. Um, oh my god, that's crazy. Okay, so. I would love for people to reach out either on Instagram at brainswithbenefits.fr um, for friends or on LinkedIn at Justine Lucie Lambert in French, Justine Lucie Lambert in English. Um, I'm still recruiting for my, you know, groups. I have three working groups in French, one in English. So I'm assuming people will reach out for the English version of it. It's international entrepreneurs. Uh, they're located in France for former expats in the US, in Germany. They really come from like all around the world. And I would be happy to build more groups based on, you know, like the different um, skills and mindset that I am um, meeting through the entrepreneurs talking to me. So yes, I'm super excited to meet more entrepreneurs to keep um creating groups, tailored working groups, because that's that's what has been working so far and what makes me happy as an entrepreneur. So <laughs> say hi, <laughs> please say hi. Okay, thank you so much, Justine. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap up there. Thanks so much for coming on again. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Sina. I really appreciated the time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. And thank you so much for <laughs> getting to the very end, even though the, the listening experience might not have been the best compared to, compared to the other episodes. And I, I, I'm well aware of that. So yeah, I'll be sure to fix it for the next time. Uh, you have my word on that one. Um, but regardless, thank you so much for staying to the very end. It does mean a lot. And if you did enjoy, please be sure to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and I'll give you a shout out in the next episode in the form, yeah, just as, as a way of saying thank you. Also follow us on Instagram. That's when new, the new episodes get announced and all that good stuff. And yeah, uh, I'll see you in the next episode.